Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football. Drink beer, talk football. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Social media is at PGF Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and McKenzie Brewing is the official beer of Pint Glass Football. Find them online at mckenziebrewing.com. Championship Sunday is this weekend, guys, and we're going to break it down for you, make our betting picks, and tell you who we think is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. And joining me to do so, my co-host, Chad Smith. What is up, Chad? Brad! Great to be with you again. What's up, PGF Nation? We're down to the conference championships. It's AFC, NFC. You got Josh Allen going up against what will most likely be Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And you got Aaron Rodgers going up against Tom Brady. Wow, this is what the NFL wanted. Man, what a great weekend of football, Brad. There were some things that played out. And we certainly want to talk about those. And I will give you my two cents. And then I'm going to throw it over to you and see what you think. Two things. One, I think most people fully believed that that was Drew Brees' last game. He had the epic matchup against Brady. It was the third meeting. Everybody talked about it's hard to beat a team three times. New Orleans was up 2013. You had the Jared Cook fumble. And then it was like the New Orleans Saints just unraveled. And part of that unraveling to me was Drew Brees. And I have such tremendous respect for this guy. We had our Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks earlier, Brad. He wasn't on it at the time, and I think he's going to always be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Phil Gates put out a thing, said, if this is it for Drew Brees, Super Bowl champion, MVP, all-time passing leader, 80,000 yards, second most passing TDs ever, 13-time Pro Bowler, led NFL in passing yards seven times, third highest single season completion percentage ever, but he doesn't make my Mount Rushmore, Brad. I just, when you look at... The Saints, and you look at what they've done these last three years in the playoffs, I know they got the rib call against the Rams. A lot of people don't talk about the fact that when they went into overtime, they didn't stop the Rams, and the Rams scored after the Saints going three and out. You look at last year, lost again to Minnesota, who is not a great football team by any stretch, then losing this game to Brady. And I think a lot of that has to be pointed to Breeze. You made the great call, and I got to give you props on saying Devin White coming back in this game was going to be a difference maker, and he was a beast in that game. I think the biggest thing was as you saw that game start to progress, it got to the point, and even the announcers were talking about it, they are begging, they are forcing, they are challenging, they are making Drew Breeze beat them over top, and he couldn't. I was sitting there counting before the play snapped, eight, nine people on the line of scrimmage or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay was like, you prove to us you can beat us. And all that started to clog up. Drew Brees was panicking. Tampa Bay looked great. Tom Brady looked great. God, the dude's 43, and he's just getting better. Bruce Arian finally said, just get out of the way. I don't need to coach this guy. I just need to let him do his thing. And he's looking Brady-esque in the Patriots days. And the more this plays out this year, the more you think even with Belichick and the great run and being the GOAT, of coaches, I got to start to tip my cap and lead a little bit more to thinking this is Brady and his ability to just be a great quarterback and a great in-game manager. Rodgers was dominant. You called the uh, injuries to the Rams. Donald played, but golf wasn't 100%, so that quarterback matchup was a big nothing burger. Look at the Chiefs game. I mean, Mahomes went out. We're going to talk about the concussion later. Baker had a chance to step up and be a hero, and the Browns choked. But in the Ravens game, 
Brad, if you'd have told me if you were if you were skiing in Aspen, Colorado, and you didn't have your cell phone, you turned it back on, and the first tweet you saw or the first text you saw from one of your best buddies was the Buffalo Bills put up 220 yards of offense for the game, you would have said, "Oh shit, they got beat 35 to 10." No, Baltimore was that bad. They were that great defensively, but Buffalo was better. And I heard some people in the week talking that when the Bills got over the hump with that wild card game after losing to the Texans last year, that it, that it kind of relaxed that team a little bit and Josh Allen played better. They didn't look great, but that defense came to play and the Ravens did have those few plays where they had the runs that they broke and a couple of them were Jackson, a couple of them were Dobbins. And one of the Ravens coaches came out and said, my six-year-old who was asleep on the couch could run this offense. It needs a complete overhaul. And I think the Lamar Jackson experiment, the Lamar Jackson era is quickly closing, Brad, and coming to an end. He is a great athlete. I just don't think he's ever going to be a great quarterback. He cannot continue to rely on his legs. Buffalo shut them down and made the Baltimore Ravens have to try to throw the football, and they couldn't. But I just think from a quarterback perspective this weekend and from a coaching perspective this weekend, I also have to put some of that onus on Harbaugh and Peyton for being very poor in-game coaching managers. I I was very surprised to see these coaches be so legendary, both having won Super Bowls, basically get outplayed and outcoached. I want to get your thoughts on all that, hear your thoughts on the games this weekend. We can talk about that a little bit in general, talk about some of the injuries, talk about some of the things that happened, and then we'll move into this weekend's conference championship games. Yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome weekend of football, Chad. The division matchups were exciting, no doubt. I thought Green Bay looked really good, but like we talked about going into that game, it was a little disappointing to see the Rams so beat up. I just think they were a little too hobbled to really have a chance in that one. And Green Bay just rolled in that game. Green Bay had 28 first downs in that game, 500 yards of offense, 36-minute time of possession. The O-line only allowed one quarterback hit versus the Rams. And this is the top-rated defense in the NFL. I was really, really impressed. And like I said, we know Aaron Donald wasn't 100%. We know that Goff obviously wasn't 100%. That team had a lot of injuries they were dealing with, and it's unfortunate for them. But that's still a pretty solid team out there, and Green Bay really lit them up. I was really impressed with what I've seen from the Packers and and what they were able to do over the weekend. And really, Chad, how bad does this make Mike McCarthy look? When you look at this team with Green Bay, this team has been awesome since they fired Mike McCarthy. They're 28-7. and since Matt LaFleur got hired. This offense is innovative. It's intelligent. They run motion on 71% of their plays over the weekend. They set their players up to have success. It's just such a more innovative, balanced attack. I've been a big fan of what I've seen from them. The running game has played so well for them. It sets up Rodgers with that play action. He's so good in the play action. And the running game has really complemented that. And I just, I'm, I'm impressed with Green Bay right now. I know that they probably had the weakest opponent over this weekend, but they've been really impressive. And they're going to be, I'm a little surprised, to be honest. I'm a little surprised that they're not the Super Bowl favorite right now. According to Vegas, Kansas City is still the favorite, but. Definitely like what I've seen from them. I can't wait for that matchup with Tampa Bay. We'll talk about that in a moment. What I want to jump to this Bills-Ravens game, though. You touched on it, Chad. 
I was really not that impressed with what I've seen from the Bills. This is two weeks in a row now that I thought the Bills looked a little shaky. Now, their defense bailed them out big time. And I have to give credit to the Ravens because their defense did play really well in that game. But you're going to tell me that your offense for the Bills only puts up 10 points? You're going to put up 10 points against a Ravens defense that's been pretty mediocre for most of the year? That's not going to get it done at the next level here. And I think the Bills are probably the shakiest team of the four teams left. I think there's clearly a roster deficit with them. I I think they have the weakest roster of any team left in these these final four teams. And they're going to have to play a lot better against Kansas City. So I I, want to see what they do. They virtually have no running game. I think that's starting to catch up to them. I don't think you have to be a great running team to win the Super Bowl, but... I do think it to have that balance and to at least keep the defense honest, you need to have some semblance of a running game, and they just don't have one outside of the occasional Josh Allen scramble. But either way, they got it done. I think the defense played one of their best games of the year, really bailed them out. And I'm with you, Chad, as far as this Ravens team. We talked about it a few weeks ago. One of the titles of our podcast episode was Lamar Jackson out of the league in five years. And I'm going to stand by that statement, Chad, because I just don't think he's the long-term answer in Baltimore. You hit it on the head perfectly. He's a great athlete. He's not a great quarterback. And he hasn't done enough to show me that he's developing into a great quarterback. Yeah, he'll make a good throw here and there. He'll make a great throw here and there. But he's not consistent enough from the pocket I just think he hasn't taken those steps that we needed to see from him this year that, quite frankly, I think a lot of people thought he would to become a better pocket passer and a guy who can beat you from the pocket because there's no old quarterbacks that can run and scramble and and get you know 80, 90-yard rushing games. That's not going to happen when you're 30, 32, 34 years old. That's, that's just not going to work. You have to be able to stay in the pocket and throw darts. And I just haven't seen it from him. And I'm with you. I just don't think we're ever going to see from him. And because of that, I think we've seen the ceiling for this current Ravens team. I think this is about as good as they are. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're they're a team that is going to win a decent amount of games. They're going to be competitive week in and week out. But I don't see them ever being a contender with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I'm with you. I think it's time to move on. The Browns. Well, the Browns snapped back to reality, didn't they, Chad? Because after a big upset win against Pittsburgh, they really had a chance here against Kansas City. And you're right. They absolutely choked because they lost Patrick Mahomes, as we know, in the middle of this game with concussion-like symptoms. They That was a golden opportunity for the Browns to take the lead in that game, to take control of that game, and pull off a huge upset and they weren't able to beat Chad Henney in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs. It, to me, that's just it's just unacceptable. You've got to be able to capitalize in a situation like that. Here's a guy who hasn't played football in years, a backup who's barely taken a snap. He's been in the league for 13 years. He's never even played in a playoff game until last week. And the Browns just had a golden opportunity, and it slipped through their fingers in typical Browns fashion. But hats off to them. I thought they had a good season. I thought they definitely overachieved in a lot of ways. I don't think very many people saw them getting this far. So I like what they've done with Stefanski and that culture. I think they're building something in Cleveland. But they still have a lot of holes. That that team really has to address the defense. 
Uh, the defense is just not very good. And it's, it's actually so weak that I don't think that if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, I think they get lit up in this game. He was having a lot of success against them before he got hurt, and it just felt like they were going to pull away. But obviously it played out different. Chad, you had read some things about the injury, and I had heard some things as well. It sounds like he's going to go here for this AFC Championship game. What are you hearing as far as the recovery? I'm hearing that as well, Brad. And uh, Dr. David Chow, someone I follow on Twitter, he's just got great analysis. And I went back and watched the the, the play, the tackle, you can call it a hit, but I don't think it was really a hit. It wasn't helmet to helmet. And yeah, I was playing cards with my buddies on Friday night and had way too much Jaeger and way too much fireball and around midnight. And when Mahomes tried to stand up, that's kind of what I looked like for about 30 minutes. But you watch that play. Dr. Chow said he doesn't think Patrick Mahomes had a concussion. They put him in concussion protocol. I think it was more along the lines of with the way the head snap, he said he thinks he may have even potentially a nerve injury in his neck because the head went down. Was it forceful? Yes. Was the tackle legal? I, I think so. I don't think there was anything that was dirty or sinister about it. They were trying to stop him on a fourth and one. It was almost like the way that he wrapped his neck up and he pinned the neck down. It was kind of almost MMA-esque. I mean, with a reverse naked choke hold or something like that. Because you could clearly tell Mahomes was impacted by the play and the tackle. I think he's going to go. He's already cleared the first steps of concussion protocol. And I think Vegas believes that he's going to play. The line has actually increased from Kansas City minus one when it opened to minus three. If I'm Eric Bieniemy and and I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm basically saying you don't scramble. If you do have to scramble, you're going to slide, and you're going to slide one, two, three yards earlier than when you even think you want to slide or when you even need to slide and eliminate any kind of hit that can take him out of the game. Yeah, I wanted to make one last point about the Browns before we move on, Chad. And and when you look at the Browns, Baker's made progress. I still don't believe in him as a long-term quarterback as far as being a Super Bowl quarterback, a guy who can take you to the promised land, I really just don't. I think he's still way too limited of a player. I think he's one of those guys that Cleveland had to literally build an empire around him to make him play at this level. He has one of the best O-lines in football. He has some of the best wide receivers in football. He's loaded at a tight end, and he's got two of the best running backs in football. He literally has to have everything around him perfect just for him to be average. And that quarterback contract, that rookie contract, is going to be running out soon, and they're not going to be able to pay all these guys. So they've got a defense that has a ton of holes, and they're going to be in salary cap hell sooner than later when they have to pay him. Now, he's not going to get Patrick Mahomes' money. He's not going to get some mega deal like that. But once they have to pay him some legit money, they are going to have to – figure out ways to get this roster still around him built up. And I don't think there's going to be enough money to go around. So I think their window for this run, if you will, is actually closing a lot faster than Browns fans want to admit. How it went with the Wentz deal. How's that working out for you? Not too well. So that's a prime example. 
Exactly. Exactly. You got to capitalize on that short window when you've got a quarterback who's a good player, but he has that rookie deal. You've got to capitalize because once those guys get paid, it becomes really hard to stack a roster around him. And they're not going to have the luxury of going and building this perfect offense around him like he has right now. But the last game that I didn't really get a touch on, Chad, and I want to get to it before we jump into these championship Sunday games, was the Saints-Buccaneers game. What an unbelievable matchup. It was just an, a crazy game to watch. You you know watching that game, I think we all felt it. You felt like you were watching something historic. Two of the all-time quarterbacks at the very end of their career playing against each other in a huge playoff game. Breeze didn't play well. We saw this coming, Chad. We knew that the end was near for Breeze. We talked about it months ago about how Breeze just looked like he was a shot quarterback and it really showed up in this game. The Buccaneers did exactly what I thought they would do, which was get into that press coverage. They were going to bully the wide receivers. They were going to put seven, eight guys in the box. They were going to take away Kamara and they were going to make Breeze beat them over the top, which he just can't do. They've had one deep play and it was a trick play with Winston where they bring in Jameis Winston because they know Breeze can't throw that deep ball. It was just so evident. It was kind of sad, really, to see such a great quarterback really unravel in his final game. Sad way for it to end for them, but it didn't surprise me at all. There was two teams that in the regular season, Chad, that a lot of people, two NFC teams actually, that a lot of the media and a lot of writers and analysts continued to boost up and talk about how they were they were Super Bowl level teams. And it was the Seahawks and the Saints. And those were the two teams that I never really bought into all season long. I always said, yeah, they're good, but I never viewed them as legit Super Bowl contenders. And it showed up. I said that Seattle had way too big of a hole on the defensive side. And for the Saints, although they had a great defense and they had a lot of weapons, I just knew Breeze didn't have it anymore. By week six, you could just tell he wasn't the same guy. And then the injuries and it, you just the writing was on the wall for Drew Brees and the Saints. And it's unfortunate for them. It's the end of an era. I think for sure it looks like he's gone. And this Saints team is going to have to completely rebuild. But what's really amazing is on the other side of the ball, you touched on it briefly, Chad, Tom Brady at 43. I can't believe what we are seeing. It really blows my mind, Chad, that this guy is still playing at such a high level. He was throwing lasers. This guy looks like he's 28 years old. He throws the ball with so much zip and so much accuracy still. I, I just It looks like he could play another two or three years, and that blows my mind that this guy is still at such a high level, leading this offense at a high level. They put up, what was it, 30 against one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. Brady carved up the Saints in the second half. This is a top five defense in the entire league. I don't think that can be undersold here. And the the really what really impressed me, not just Brady, the, the team as a whole, if you would have told me that Mike Evans, yes, he had a touchdown, but he basically did nothing. Antonio Brown basically did nothing. Godwin had an off day. Gronkowski, Gronkowski was a non-factor. If you would have told me before the game that all those guys would basically be non-factors and they would beat the Saints and put 30 up on them, I would have said no way. There's no way. But really, what I saw that impressed me was Brady playing at such a high level, but also the running game. 
I don't think we've I don't think we've seen Tampa Bay was running game look that impressive all year. They really got physical. That offensive line has clearly gelled in the last six, seven weeks. They played bully ball. They were blowing back that Saints defense, that front seven for the Saints. They had them on their heels all day, it felt like. And when that running game gets going and you can really have that balanced attack and then hats off to the defense, they were lights out. I know I talked about it and you mentioned it. Devin White coming back is absolutely huge. He's their best defensive player. He's the captain of that defense. And he was unbelievable in that game. It seemed like every defensive play, he was in on it. He was all over the field, Brad. It was it was a joy to watch. If you're a defensive-minded person and you like that side of the football, then go watch that film and watch make young players watch that film. That's how good I thought he was in that game. Yeah, Chad, he, he's a special, special player. Only in his second year, and he is a really, really good linebacker. One of the best linebackers in the game. I have no idea how he didn't make the Pro Bowl. That's crazy. But this Bucks defense is aggressive. They've got playmakers. I think they're a little weak at corner, but I, I love what we've seen from Antoine Winfield Jr. at the safety position. I love their linebackers. It might be the best team of linebackers in the league. That defensive line with JPP and Sue. They can get a lot of pressure on teams, and this is a dangerous team. I said all year that the Bucs were my dark horse Super Bowl team. I just felt like if they could put it all together, they have the pieces to be very dangerous, and I love what I've seen from them. I'm sorry to interrupt. They've done that. They brought in Brown. They got through COVID with Rojo. They signed Fournette for $3 million, and that's turned out to be a super signing because now you got that one two punch you've got that tandem because the running game was huge and you go all the way back to the draft when we were talking about there were four linemen in this draft that we thought were next level and now Tampa Bay sitting here with Tristan Wirfs a rookie out of Iowa but he solidified that offensive line Brad and it's still showing up to this day in the protection for Brady and the run game. It goes back all the way to this draft when Tampa Bay moved up one spot and said, we don't care. We're going to go get this guy right now because we know this is the one piece of the puzzle. We need to make this team better. And this kid is playing in the championship against Green Bay and got a chance to take Tampa Bay and Tom Brady to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We talked about Wirfs. We thought he was an outstanding pick, and we loved the Antoine Winfield Jr. pick as well. And if I remember right, Chad, I think we gave them an A grade. They had one of the best drafts in the entire NFL, and they've had a lot of these young guys that have showed up and made a big difference on this team. And and like you said, you combine that with some of the free agent acquisitions, and this team is, is really one of the most complete football teams in the NFL right now. But we've got four teams, Chad. We've got four teams left. It's Championship Sunday. Maybe the best weekend of football. The Super Bowl is great, but Championship Sunday, for me, it might be one of the best weekends of in all of sports. I absolutely cannot wait for this. We've got Allen. We've got Mahomes, more than likely. We've got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Unbelievable. This is going to be so much fun. We've got four of the greatest quarterbacks in the game right now. We've got two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And we've got four really outstanding coaches. This is going to be so much fun, Chad. I want to start in the AFC. We've got the Bills and the Chiefs. This is a fascinating matchup. And really what's fascinating about this is that they played each other early in the year. 
And the Packers and Bucks played earlier in the year as well. So we're getting two rematches. But as we know, things can change in a hurry. That was earlier in the year, and these teams have evolved and developed, and they're not exactly the same teams they were then. What's your initial thoughts on Kansas City and the Bills? It looks like the Chiefs are a three-point favorite right now. Yeah, it opened at one, uh, mentioned earlier, and it's already moved to three. So, again, all the pundits and everyone is saying, okay, we think Mahomes is playing. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. I think you could see by Wednesday or Thursday – it could get to three and a half or four, in my opinion. And if you want Buffalo, I think you got to wait. I think you almost have to wait until game day and see if this line continues to push upward. Yes, is Kansas City one and eight, one and nine against the spread the last 10 games? Yes. Did they cover against Cleveland? No. There were a lot of factors as to why that happened, but they've been winning football games. And this is the third straight year Kansas City is hosting the AFC Championship. All roads, we said it, I mean, way back. I mean, all roads were going to lead through Kansas City and more than likely Green Bay, and that's exactly what is getting ready to take place. I, I just don't know if the Bills are ready for this game. I don't know if the Bills are ready for prime time. They've had two games at home. Now they got to go on the road. Kansas City is clearly the better football team. Kansas City is the more complete football team. That running game for Buffalo is suspect, and Josh Allen is not going to be able to just use his legs and still incorporate throwing the football to Diggs, Beasley. They're going to have to find ways to be innovative, and I think Kansas City is going to be ready for that. Kansas City is going to be looking not for trickery, but if Buffalo tries to not establish the run early, even if it gets them in second eight, and third and seven, and even have some semblance of trying to run the football, I think they're going to pin their – Spagnola is going to pin the ears back, and he's going to come after Josh Allen. And if you remember back to the Texans game last year, that's what happened in the second half. He kind of unraveled when that pressure came. We're looking at about a 40% chance of rain on Sunday with highs in the mid-40s, so it could be a sloppy, muddy day. I'm going to give the edge to Kansas City here in the running game as well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is – potentially slated to be back they've also got Williams and Bale in the backfield you've got Kelsey who can do that little pitch pass where Mahomes um, shuffles it into him you got Tyree Kill running jet sweeps you got McCole Hardman and just that absolute burner top speed from both of those guys I, I just I want Buffalo to play solid I want Buffalo to be jacked up I'm not saying they felt last week was their Super Bowl but I think they wanted to send a message to Baltimore and beat Baltimore because everybody was expecting Baltimore to come in there and run it down their throat and beat Buffalo. But if Buffalo, you put up 220 yards of offense in a football game and you mentioned it, score only 10 points, take away the 101-yard touchdown return to make it 17-3, that's not going to win an NFL football game. I'm sorry. So Buffalo is going to have to come up with something. They're going to have to win the turnover battle and they're going to have to win the game in the trenches, and I, I just I just don't know if they can do it, Brad. Uh, I mean, they're both really good offensively. The over and under is 53 and a half. I think that's pretty high. Uh, I mean, it could go over, but I don't think this is going to be a shootout the way people may think it's going to be a shootout. Buffalo has given up 422 yards a game. They've been giving up the run and the pass and you're going to have to now go into Kansas City, your first game on the road. McDermott's a great coach. I love what Buffalo's building there. 
I think one more year with the progress that Josh Allen has made and another really good solid draft, Buffalo is going to be in control of the AFC East for the next two, three, four years. And I can see them getting back to the championship again, maybe even hosting, who knows. But right now it's Kansas City's to lose and if the line right now is minus three, I'm I'm going to lay the points with the Chiefs and say Kansas City minus three. If you made me take the over and the under bet, I think this is actually going to be one of those games where it's going to be a move the chains. I don't know if you're going to have those big, huge plays. So I would lean toward the under. But I just think Kansas City has too many weapons on offense, and they're going to be just good enough on defense. And they actually, I mean, if you think about it, in the fourth quarter, they made the stops on defense and, and kept Cleveland uh, at bay. And I think they're going to do it again this week with Buffalo. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, Chad, I I think you're right. I'm with you on this one. I've got KC. I'm going to lay the three. I just think they're not ready for this moment yet either. When you look at these four teams, three of these teams have Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. They're the one outlier. Three of these teams have really balanced attacks. Three of these teams have deeper, better rosters. I think the Bills have the worst roster of the four teams. They have the least experience of the four teams. And I think they you can make a case they're playing the shakiest of the four teams. I think the magic runs out for Buffalo in this one. Now, granted, I'm with you. I love what Buffalo's building. I love that they didn't give up on Josh Allen after two really shaky years to start his career. They let him develop. They helped get some pieces around him with the Diggs trade, but it's not enough. The running game is terrible. It's just not good enough. And I think you have to, like we've talked about, you have to have some balance. I think this is the least balanced team left. And it's it's unfortunate for them because the one weakness really for the Chiefs is that their run defense is, I'd say, average at best. So really, if there was a weakness, you'd want a strong running game to maybe take advantage of Kansas City, and they don't have it. So I think from a matchup standpoint, the Chiefs' secondary is pretty good. And so that doesn't bode well for the Bills either, a team that really likes to air it out. And you don't want to get in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's face it, Mahomes in this offense, it's too much to deal with. If Clyde Edwards-Solaire is back, like you talked about, They've got a solid group of running backs. They've got so many playmakers on the outside. They have so much speed. And for me, the one guy who's really the X factor, essentially every time the Chiefs play, is Travis Kelsey. And I don't see a player on this Bills roster, whether it's a safety or a linebacker, who is going to be able to slow him down. I think he has a monster game on Sunday. And the Chiefs' role in this one, I feel comfortable laying the three. I actually think this could be a blowout, Chad. I just don't like what I see in this matchup. And if you go back to the early matchup they played in earlier in the year, the Chiefs blew them out in that game. I don't think it's going to be much different in this one. Now, the one caveat I will say is if, if Mahomes is 100%, if he is a little off, let's say he's he's a little bit beat up. Now, he's got a toe injury that he's been dealing with as well. So that could be a factor. If Mahomes doesn't look sharp, doesn't look like himself, I think that opens the back door for the Bills to potentially make this a game and to potentially pull off an upset here. But for me, I just don't see it. There's I love what I've seen from McDermott and this coaching staff, but this is Andy Reid. This is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach this game. And he's going to have this team ready to play like he always does. He's going to have some wrinkles. He's going to have some new plays that you've never seen. He always brings out three, four, or five plays 
that you're not prepared for. He's so hard to game plan for. And like I said, you just can't hone in on one single weapon, whether it's Hill or Kelsey or the backfield. You, you just can't. There's too many guys to cover. Hardman, they just have so much speed, so much talent. I just think the Chiefs are a buzzsaw. And hats off to the Bills for making a huge step forward. But I do think this is where the magic runs out. So, yeah, I feel comfortable laying the three in this one, Chad. But hopefully we will get a good game. It'd be a lot of fun if the Bills can make this competitive. I haven't seen enough from their offense like we talked about. And their defense, even though they played great, great last week, this is a completely different monster in the Kansas City Chiefs offense trying to slow them down. So give me KC laying the points. I think they get back to the big game for the second year in a row. But that means we've got the MVP of the league and Aaron Rodgers going up against arguably the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, Chad. What are your initial thoughts in this one? What I'm looking at is it looks like Green Bay is a three-point favorite at home in this game as well. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I've got three and a half. It opened at four, so it's dropped a little bit. So some money's going on Tampa. And two points uh, made a baseball reference and analogy to the Saints and uh, the Packers with the Braves in the World Series. Tom Brady's kind of like the Nolan Ryan of baseball. I mean, just the guy, even at 43 and 44, was still throwing 95 miles an hour and striking people out. And I even was sitting there thinking during that game, watching Brady manage that game. But even on those critical third and eight, not going to Brown, not going to Gronk, not going to Evans, not going to Godwin, going to a guy named Johnson, who I didn't even know was on the roster. But that's what makes Brady great because he can read the field. And if it's not the first, it's the second, it's the third, it's the fourth. It's a strong run game. It's a strong line of scrimmage that they've got with the offensive linemen they have. Brady gets to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. Move over Joe Montana for me and my Mount Rushmore. Brady goes all the way to one. For a guy to come in after 20 years in the AFC to do what he's doing this year in the NFC, Brady has made this team better. I just hate it that he's got to go up against Rodgers right now, and he's got to go through Green Bay to get there. But I just think Brady is one of these guys that just defies logic, defies explanation. He he is kicking father time in the ass. And, I mean, again, we one last reference to Breeze. When you just watch these last two or three years and you just see this precipitous decline, and it's just not happened with Brady. Even in that Saints game, Brady threw three or four balls that were in that 30-40 range were just – it was that beautiful Brady throw, the one throw to Gronk, fingertips. That football's back two, three more inches. If Gronk can get that next step off, that's a touchdown in the corner. So I think this Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, more than likely, is going to be the better of the two games. I love what you said about the Bills. I think some teams have to take those baby steps and just kind of, okay, you got you got beat last year in the wild card because you choked second half. You won a game at home in the wild card. Then you beat a Ravens team, and you won another game home. Now you're getting into the AFC Championship. You're just not there yet. Keep working hard. It'll come. Kansas City's in their third straight NFC Championship. They're comfortable at home, Brad. I think Green Bay, we talked about them earlier, all roads leading through Green Bay. Guess what? This weekend, it's going to be 28 degrees, probably more than likely at kickoff with about a 40% chance of snow with a low of 21. Then you add all that wind coming off the 
Lake Michigan and Lambeau. It's going to be a cold, cold day in Green Bay. That's what makes Green Bay special. That's what makes playing the Packers special. How will can how will Tampa Bay adjust to the wind and the cold and the weather? Brady, he's a he's an AFC guy. He's been up in the north many times and played in really bad weather. So he's good to go. Rest of the team, uh, yeah, Gronk was with him, I know. But we'll see how that translates out. What I see in this game, Brad, and what's going to be amazing for me is which defense will show up. Tampa Bay had some glimpses in this game against New Orleans that made me think this defense is actually still got a shot at being that defense that people thought they were going to be at the first year before uh, White got injured. He came back and he was clearly that difference maker that you talked about. Will it be enough with this linebacker core? I think so. The Rams were beat up. Uh, yeah, they 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 listen. They'd been in a bar fight those last five six weeks with the injuries, but Green Bay still moved the football consistently, and I think that's one of the things that Green Bay has been able to do more consistently than what Tampa has done consistently this year. Now they've looked better in these last five six games because as Antonio Brown continues to get fully implemented in this offense. That running game continues to establish with Rojo and Fournette. Because you remember, Rojo was out weeks 15 and 16, so he's just now getting back into the mix. So I think that is a nasty one-two punch. And you got Gronk and you got Godwin. Everybody's kind of getting healthy. I think this is going to be a – it's going to be the first game. So this is going to be the one that I think everybody's going to have their eyeballs on. I want to take Green Bay – Brad, I, I really do. I think Green Bay is still going to be that good at home, and they're going to be that dominant. I, I'm sitting here like wanting to just bend this table that my computer and microphone's on, trying to decide what to do with this game because I mean they've got the running game. That defense is just good enough. They've got the best wide receiver in football with Adams. Brady is an all-time great, but if you were to ask me this year who's the best quarterback in football, it's Ben Rogers. <sighs> so all that being said, I hate to do this. But the favorites, for the most part, dominated this weekend. And so I'm going to lay the points with Green Bay and lay the three and a half. I think I think they win by four, five, or a touchdown. Tampa Bay is a great football team. I just don't think they go into Green Bay with that weather. And Lambeau on a Sunday and that crowd, if there's anybody going to be in the stands and just going up against Aaron Rodgers, I think he's on a mission. I think Green Bay's on a mission. And, man, I, I know it will be a picture storybook deal if Brady gets in and they beat Green Bay and they go up against Mahomes but damn it I want to see Rodgers and Mahomes go out in the Super Bowl I mean come on but you got to take into account that this could be the first time in the history of Tampa Bay can win this game that the team that plays in the home stadium will be playing on their field so Tampa Bay is fully incentivized to have that shot and that opportunity to be able to play in Tampa on their field wow that could be the difference maker. And if Brady gets back to the Super Bowl, damn, I don't know. It could be all bets off. That guy has done so well in that big game so many times before. I, 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 I'd be hard-pressed to bet against him if he gets to that point. But right now, Brad, ugh, I can't wait to hear what you think about this game and this bet. But I'm going to lay the points with Green Bay and lay the three and a half. So I want to hear what your thoughts are. Jed, I agree with everything you just said. And there's a, there's a lot to break down in this one. But I think one thing is for sure is that if the Packers, if the number one seeded Packers, if they're going to take down Brady and the Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be dramatically better than he's ever been in the conference title game. This is a guy who 
traditionally does not play well in this spot going up against a guy who usually shines in this game with Tom Brady. Rodgers has played in four NFC Championship games, and a big reason why Green Bay is only one in three in those games is that Rodgers has been subpar at best. Rodgers' quarterback rating in those NFC Championship games is only 78. His career quarterback rating is 103.9. So he's been dramatically worse than the Rodgers that we see in the regular season in these big spots. He's going to have to play really well. And I'm with you, Chad. This Tampa Bay Bucks defense, I think, can get pressure on him. If you remember that game that they played earlier in the year, the Bucks absolutely dominated the Packers, and they did it with pressure. They brought the blitz. They brought the linebackers. The defensive line was all over or all over Rodgers. They made life miserable for him, and they routed this Packers team. Now, I expect a much closer game in this one, certainly. But if that defense can play like they just did last week, and if they can play like they did against the Packers earlier in the year, I totally think this is a game where the Buccaneers could pull off an upset. Going back to Rodgers in these NFC Championship games, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. So just to put it in perspective, this is not a game that he traditionally shines in. And like I said a minute ago, Brady usually tears it up in these big games. He's usually at his best when it matters the most. So I'm starting to lean towards the underdog here, Chad. I've been I've been banging the drum for this Tampa Bay defense all season long. I've been saying all year that this is a dark horse team for the Super Bowl, and I think it's going to be an absolutely awesome matchup. I will say if Aaron Rodgers can take advantage of Tampa Bay's secondary with Devontae Adams, if he can have a big day throwing the ball, I think that could go a long way because I do think the weakness of this Tampa Bay defense is their corners. And so if they're going to have to get a lot of pressure on Rodgers. They're going to have to make him uncomfortable because if he has time to sit in that pocket and throw deep balls and throw out routes to Devontae Adams all day, then it could be a long day for Tampa Bay. But I do think Tampa Bay has the horses to get it done as far as that goes. The one thing that really makes me like Green Bay, or excuse me, Tampa Bay in this game as well, is what I saw from them last week. And we touched on it when we when we talked about the game against the Saints. This team showed a physical punch you in the mouth approach that I really hadn't seen all year long from them. They grinded it out versus that Saints defense, which quite frankly is a lot better of a defense than what Green Bay has. And Green Bay's defense has played well, but they're average. This isn't a great Green Bay defense, and their biggest weakness is stopping the run. And with this cold weather and this nasty weather that you talked about, I think this could become more of a grinder. And it actually, as much as we want to talk up the quarterback matchup, this game very well might come down to some old school football, which is defense and running. If Aaron Jones can have a big day running the ball for the Packers, or if Rojo and Fournette can have a big day for the Bucks, I think it really could come down to those offensive lines and the defenses. Who can make more stops? Who can control the time of possession? Who can grind it out? Because in this kind of weather and this kind of game, I don't think it's going to be a fireworks show. And with that physical offensive line just punching the Saints in the mouth, especially in the second half of that game, I just really liked what I saw. These are two really balanced teams, though. They both can run the ball. They both can throw the ball. And we, like I said, we know that this is an all-time great matchup. 
This has got to be a get your popcorn ready level five, Chad, for me. This is just unbelievable matchup. Two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We've got we've got great players, Hall of Fame players all over the field. I cannot wait to watch this game. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in, in, with the points. If I can get three and a half, especially, I think there's value there as well because I think it could be a close game. And if you're going to give me that half a point hook, I'm going to have to take it because I actually think Tampa Bay wins this game outright, Chad. But it wouldn't shock me at all. We're at that point in the year, Chad, where there's there's no big uh, there's no big shocking really upsets at this point. These are great teams. All these teams got here for a reason. These are some of the best teams in the National Football League, and they're all playing still for a reason because they are great teams. So if any one of these teams wins and goes to the Super Bowl, it's not going to surprise me at all. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I'm going to take Brady and this Buccaneers team to pull a little bit of a shocking upset in this one and get back to the big game. I probably won't miss a snap. I mean, because this is this is Green Bay, Tampa. This is Brady. This is Rodgers. Wow. I mean, th- this is going to be an insane football game. Yeah, it should be an all-timer. I hope it lives up to the hype. I do think that it will. I think it's going to be an outstanding football game. I'll make one last point, though. As far as Green Bay having an edge in this one, I think one edge that they're going to have in this game for sure that a lot of people might overlook is special teams. That Green Bay special teams unit is a much, much better unit than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay actually has one of the worst special teams units statistically in the NFL. So if this ends up being a tight game, a close game, like a lot of people expect it will be, a big special teams play could be the difference in this one. I just think some big play, a punt return, something could could be a factor in this one. Tampa Bay is going to have to play a lot better than that poorly ranked special teams because, like we said, when these games, these close games, it can be a game of inches, and sometimes a special teams unit that maybe gets overlooked a little bit could be the difference in this one, and Green Bay's got the edge there for sure. But I think it's going to be a great game, Chad. It's going to be an absolute blast. I can't wait to watch it. I know you guys can't wait to watch it, PGF Nation. But that is going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate you guys checking it out every week. All the support. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to do it again next time when we are going to break down the Super Bowl. Yes, we're going to have a big Super Bowl preview, of course. We're going to look at the two teams and give you our takes, our betting picks, and everything else that goes with it. Should be an absolute blast. So check it out next time, guys, and we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.